coming at you from the Hey Yo Studios. It's the Fade Route with D and Z. Here are your hosts, D and Z. Coming at you live from the Ayo Studio. Ayo. It's the Fade Rap with DMZ. I am D. We've got a great show for you tonight. We're going to talk about the NBA Finals. Celtics make a decision with their coaching staff. And the Broncos seem to be headed in the right direction. But we start today's show (laughs) not with the wildfires in Canada, not with the Live Golf Tour, not with the uh, not with tennis, but with Stanley Cup Finals. Florida seems to be showing their true colors, dropping the first two games in Vegas, and are now 0-6 all time in the NBA in the in the Stanley Cup Finals. Which team are you expecting to see tomorrow night? And can the Panthers turn this around? Well. It all boils down to which Sergei Bobrovsky they get, right? Mm, hockey, they get, huh? It's the, it's, the, it's, the, it's the goalie, huh? It's all his fault? It's, it's always the goalie. The goalie! The hot goalie carries you through. And the hot goalie carried Florida to where they are. Now, they play a physical style. You know, Matthew Kachuk has been the inspiration and the motivational leader for this team, but he also can't run around and chase and try and knock Mark Stone back into the Stone Age. You can't, you, there's a fine line between aggressive and stupid. And Matthew Kachuk in a, for a brief fleeting moment in time was playing stupid hockey. And I don't know, and this is the question that we have asked and we still are unsure of, whether the Florida Panthers have enough firepower to stand toe-to-toe. And the way it's looking, no, right? You have Marsha So, you have Brett Howden scored, you know, former Ranger Brett Howden. Nice to represent you do have multiple former Rangers in the in the NHL, you know, Stanley Cup Finals because you have Mark Stahl, you have Anthony Duclair, and you have Brett Howden. So that, that's pretty awesome if you're a Ranger fan. But if you're looking at if you're looking at this, it's hard to say that the matchup is going to be a good one, right? We didn't. I didn't even mention Jack Eichel, right? Jack Eichel. There's a lot of credible and capable talent on that Vegas side. And, you know, Florida has been on that magic carpet ride ever since they knocked off the Bruins. Right. This may be the the match, right? They finally have met their match. But if they are going to stay in the series, if they are going to take it to game seven like I had predicted or you know mm. even I believe you, you had them in six yes they need to be disciplined mm-hmm. they need to play within themselves not take the stupid penalty 
and chip away. Chip, chip, chip. Because Aiden Hill can be had. Yes. Aiden Hill has been had in the playoffs. And if you keep chipping away, eventually you will break something open. And if you break something open, you might be able to just walk right through if you are the Florida Panthers. Yeah, I mean, the Knights look very comfortable right now. Would You, you would agree with that, right? They don't look... Um, 100%. They don't really look like they're getting knocked around. They look like they're right where they want to be. They knew how this was going to go. Um, they don't look unnerved. They look like they're, they're ready for this. Um, you know, to answer the question, uh, my answer is I don't know. You know, I don't know if the magic from Kachuk is gone because it seems gone. Um, he's made some terrible turnovers, some of them within his own zone. Um, I want to think that the Panthers are just up against a better team. But then when I think about that, it's like, well, no, they've played better teams, right? They played the Bruins. They, the Bruins were a better team. They beat the Bruins. They played the Canes. The Canes are a better team. They beat the Canes. So it's not that. Um, it's just maybe, maybe, like you said, Vegas is the hotter team right now. You know, maybe maybe that's it. And and Vegas for sure is playing more together. And I don't know if that's a coaching thing. I don't know if that's you know these are just you know the Stanley Cup Finals at home. They they, they were just ready for this, but they, they seem to be playing more together now. The Panthers have already announced that they're sticking with their goalie from Browski, which I think is the right move. I don't think you move to a new goalie. He's been your goalie. All this time, we're not gonna we're not gonna take him out in the Stanley Cup Finals. That's just stupid. Um, I think that's the right play. I think the right play is to keep him in, and to talk about more about what the keys are to pick up a game tomorrow. Got to pick up a game tomorrow. To me, I, I don't I don't want to see careless hockey, um, and that's what I'm seeing. I'm seeing careless hockey. I'm seeing turnovers, bad turnovers in your own zone. I'm I'm seeing people not following through with their checks. Um, and it's very surprising for a team that's really had to bunker down and been the underdog and been playing their asses off for the last month or actually two months, right? And to see them play like that is kind of disappointing. Well, it is disappointing, but at the same time, you do have to give credit to the Vegas Golden Knights. They are, they were the best in the West. True. You know, you can, true. You know true. you're running. You're running. They get play, They get. They get paid to play too, right? They absolutely do. But, you know, eventually your luck runs out if you're the Florida Panthers. You took the the generationally great team in the Boston Bruins and you beat them. You took the Toronto Maple Leafs, the shitter get off the pot Toronto Maple Leafs, and you beat them. Mm -hmm. You took the Carolina Hurricanes, who won your division, and beat them. Mm -hmm. And now you got to go through the best in the West. Like, that is a very difficult road to climb. Now, they have talent on that team, right? It's documented how talented they are. The missing piece was Kachuk. That grit. Yeah. That fire. Right. Now it has to be controlled. That's the issue. Right? Yeah. It's one thing to... It's one thing to play on the edge. And we've seen this plenty of times, right? How, how many times have we seen hockey players go over the edge yeah. and just go too far? 
We've seen it plenty of times. Kachuk has to walk that line. He absolutely has to walk that line if he's going to be the inspirational, emotional leader for this team. For the Vegas Golden Knights, they just have to keep doing what they're doing. Yeah. They're, oh, yeah. They're, for sure. For sure. They're getting their defensemen engaged, right? Their defensemen are scoring. So they're getting multiple avenues to get where they need to go. And their big boys haven't really, you know, outside of Marcia, so they haven't really gotten going yet. And that's going to be pretty scary right? once that happens. And I think the Panthers are getting back one of their best defensemen, right? He had to leave game two early. Gudis. Rodko Gudas, yes. Yeah, Gudas so he, is going to be Gudas, back. He had to leave game two early, but it seems like he's going to be back. So at least they're not... They're not losing a player. You don't want to see teams lose players in the Stanley Cup Finals. You want them to be whole. You want them to be at their best. For all the grill masters, green thumbers, home repair heroes, and DIY aficionados in the Richmond, Virginia area, if you're looking for personal service, quality products, and a convenient shopping experience, look no further than Thacker Ace Hardware in Colonial Heights, Virginia. Owner Don Rackley and his team of local experts have everything you need to tackle all of your home projects. I'm talking paints by Benjamin Moore and Clark in Kensington, power tools by Craftsman and Milwaukee, electrical, plumbing, hardware, and let's not miss the grill. Weber, Big Green Egg, Traeger, Blackstone, top shelf, amazing. And for all you green thumbers, their nursery department is fantastic give them a call today 804-766-4223 or stop by 27 dunlop village in colonial heights that's 804-766-4223 or swing by 27 dunlop village in colonial heights thacker ace is the place with the helpful hardware folks but i'll tell you one thing you know being down four nothing going into the third period, man, that's yeah. an uphill climb against the best team in the Western Conference. But you know, 100%. switching, yeah, switching gears. Uh, we got Game Three of the NBA Finals on now, right now. Uh, the Heat won Game Two, became the first team to beat the Nuggets on their home floor in the NBA Finals. Well, in the NBA playoffs this year, rather say. Now, Z, will the winner of Game Three, will the winner of tonight's game? win the NBA Finals. Yeah. Do you have any idea of how important this game is? Well, it's pivotal, right? It's absolutely pivotal. Is it though? It is. It's 1-1. It goes either way. It's the definition of pivotal. So, with all this South Beach talk, right? We're talking about, you know, Sunrise, Florida. We're talking about Miami. I'm surprised we haven't gotten to Lionel Messi coming to the MLS. He's going into Miami. It's a big night to be from Florida. It's a big day to be in South Florida. But Miami knows that they can win, right? Miami now has tasted that victory. There is a blueprint. It's up to Michael Malone to counteract, right? This is going to be punch-counterpunch the entire way. What they needed to do is either make Jokic a facilitator or make him a scorer. If you just limit what he can do and have the other guys around you beat you, that's going to be the pathway to success. 
Now, it also helps that the Miami Heat are finally hitting their shots. That certainly makes a huge difference. Uh, As far as... Will the winner win the NBA Finals tonight? Right? Will will the winner of tonight's game win the NBA Finals? It's very well possible. It's... It's not a foregone conclusion like we thought. You know? Miami is definitely playing tough. They have a game plan and they're going to execute it as usual with... Coach spoke. <laughs> and if Miami goes ahead, it might be it might be the punch, right? It may be like the the, the stunning blow that opens this series wide up because the, the Nuggets don't expect to be down at this point, right? They know that they're the better team. They've been told they're the better team. The regular season has borne out that they are the better team than the Miami Heat. But to get clipped and get rocked now might just knock the Nuggets on the he- on their heels for a game or two, and it would be up for them, up to them to recover. Now, Michael Malone is doing the—he's saying the right things. He's doing the right things. He is spurring on his team. He is saying, we have not won anything. This is not over. This is what we expected. You know, we expected to be in a fight. This is what we got. He is managing expectations right now. He's making sure that his superstar players stay engaged and don't bury their heads in the sand because they lost. That's the hallmark of a good coach. Mm. Now, who wins tonight? You figure Miami's role players show up at home just because role players show up at home more so than they show up on the road. Now, it's going to be close. And even Miami's win was by single digits. It was by a basket. So, if Miami is going to win, it's got to be close. It's not going to be a blowout. They were one of the lowest scoring, if not the lowest scoring team in the regular season. Against one of the highest scoring teams in the regular season. Miami could very well take it. And you know what? I'm going to say Miami takes it by five tonight. Hmm. Now, does that secure victory in the grand scheme of things? Not likely. Right? But it definitely gives them the upper hand. And it's up to Coach Malone to keep that locker room. Yeah, I mean, for me, I'm sticking with the Nuggets. I said the Nuggets in five. I bet the Nuggets in five. That's what I do. Um, so, yeah, if the Nuggets win tonight, I can say that, yeah, the winner of this game is going to win the NBA Finals. But, no, I don't I don't look at it the same way you do. Um, for me, the Heat are going to have to go to Denver and win more than one game. And based on what I saw in the first two games, I don't think they can do that. Um, I think the uh, the Heat did win game two, but they were Jamal Murray three away from going to overtime. And I don't know what happens in overtime. Um, 
you know, I I said that the Nuggets would win game one and lose game two. You were you thought Miami was gonna come out fighting and they came out fighting. They played a good they played a good game one. Um, game three is going to come down, I agree with you, to coaching. Uh, Coach Spo was willing to let the Joker get his. Do whatever you do. We're not going to let everybody else beat us. Uh, so I would like to see the adjustment Malone makes. Uh, the Nuggets will need everyone to contribute to win tonight, to win game four, and to win game five. Um, Joker can't put up 40, 50 points passing, shooting, and doing all that stuff. You need the Jamal Murrays. You need the Michael Porter Juniors. Everybody's going to have to get involved and contribute to winning, which is cool, which is what you want. You, you want that. Um, so uh, I like what I see from the Nuggets so far. Um, but again, I remind everybody, we are watching a one seed play an eight seed. Okay? So that's where we're at. Yeah, is 100% where we're at right now. Now, they've been sending Love and Bam at Jokic. What adjustment is Malone going to make to counteract that double? Or is he just going to like let Jokic play through it because he's the two he's a two-time MVP. Yeah, it's got to be Michael Porter Jr. It's got to be him. He's got to be the one that he's going to have to be on the floor. They're going to have to respect him and you've got to give him the basketball and and my advice to him would be stop shooting threes. You can't shoot threes. Go to the basket. <laughs> Go to the basket. Force them to collapse on you. Force them to respect you. And then if you have to kick it to Jamal Murray or you have to pass and start up again, do it. But don't shoot threes, dude. It's not, it's not your strong point. It's just not your strong point. He's a big kid. He's athletic, which is great. I love Kevin Love on the Heat. Um, he's not playing. He's not doing as much offensively, though. He's missing a lot of layups, and it's so surprising because he was literally like a garbage garbage man when he was in Minnesota. He was gobbling up everything and doing putbacks and everything. And his three, ah, he's, his three from, from straight away is not there. Um, his three from the sideline is short. It's like he's only able to hit the arc three. And even when that goes up, you're like, oh, I don't know if it's going to go in. <laughs> you know, he used to be clutch. He used to be automatic. Um, this team had love from five years ago. Man, it'd be so good. Bam is playing out of his mind. Um, to me, he he would be the Heat's MVP right now if they win this series or if they, you know, turn the tides. And I'm actually surprised at how well Jamal Murray's playing. I mean, he's he wants the ball. He wants to score. <laughs> no Tyler Hero tonight might be back next night but I don't know if that's a good thing um you know I think Duncan Robinson has proved that he can play I mean last game going to the basket they had no answer for that pick and roll which was great Um, he was picking and rolling with uh with Bam it was awesome so but like you said role players play better at home um should be a good game but um it's gonna come down to coaching tonight Absolutely. Well, they're also they're not just coaching, but the shooters, right? Game one, Miami was ice cold. Yeah, they had jitters. I, wanna, I think they had jitters. That's what I'm going to throw that to. I'm going to say that they had jitters because they they were back in it. 
in game two. You know, everything, not everything was falling, but there was more confidence there. Caleb Martin, everybody was was showing that there are professional basketball players that get paid to play basketball for a living and not some guys that got lucky and made a team. And that's what it looked like in game, game one. So that's cool. And Gabe Vincent is playing outstanding. Um, they, they had, you know, Miami plays hard. Yeah, they don't have the most talented people. They play hard. But at some point, you got to have talent. You got to have talent. So we'll see where it goes. But like we talked about, the Joker's been unstoppable during the playoffs this year. He's really been playing his best ball the last few years. But Z, I look at him play against the Heat and Bam. And I look at him play against the Lakers and Anthony Davis. And I'm wondering if his success is due to the competition he's up against, or is he really, truly great? So what do you think it is? Do you think he's just a product of playing against, I don't want to say subpar players, but he's not playing against Shaquille O'Neal. He's not playing against Tim Duncan. He's not playing against, you know, you know, uh, Alonzo Mourning. He's not playing playing against Larry Johnson. He's not playing against Rick Mahorn. He's not playing against Lambier. So is his success just a product of a softer NBA, a weaker NBA? Or do you think he would have the kind of success he's having now playing against the Admiral and playing against Patrick Ewing and, and playing against Rick Smiths? Not a softer NBA per se, but a smaller NBA. Yeah. The better players, the best players in this league are on the smaller side, right? They're not the big men. And if they are big men, they don't play the five, mm-hmm. right? And, you know, you say what you will about, you know, Anthony Davis. Anthony Davis is A. Joel Embiid is power forward. He's a fool. So, Jokic is playing against the guys that are out there. And it just so happens is that he is head and shoulders above all the big men in the league. Now, like you said, generationally, right? You had Zoe, you had Ewing, you had Shaq. That's just three. You had Olajuwon. You had Rick Smith. You mentioned Rick Smith. Matumbo. You did, did you mention Dikemi Matumbo? I don't think so. Nope. Yeah, that's tough. Like, that's that was a tough generation of big men. That was a skilled generation of big men. I don't think Nikola Jokic could bully his way like he's been bullying his way. Because those guys would bully him back. Right, right. Make him work on both ends. Yeah, absolutely. So he's a product of his time, but that's not to discredit what he's doing. I'm not, I don't mean to discredit what he's doing. It's not one of those generational arguments like, oh, well, he wouldn't be. No, he would get his, but he would be one of many. Mm-hmm. He would not be the standout that he is now. He would be very good, but he wouldn't be the highest echelon big man in a different NBA. Yeah, I mean, the thing I think about is because, uh, like you said, he's been playing great. Guy has been. <laughs> he's hitting fall away three pointers. Like he's he's making dishes. He's throwing oops. He's leading the break sometimes. Like he's playing out of his mind. 
And it's just like for me, I look at a guy like I look at a guy like Kobe Bryant. Like Kobe Bryant, he said he would succeed in this era. He would have exceeded ten years ago. He would have exceeded. He was succeeded twenty years ago. Same thing with guys like Joe Dumars, Isaiah Thomas. Now, when I think about Steph Curry, I'm like, well. You know, there was a guy who was a really good shooter that could go to the basket during that time. That was Ray Allen. Ray Allen was good. I don't know if he was great. Um, and, and that's how Steph Curry comes off to me. So for, for Jokic, I'm thinking, well, I mean, if you're playing against Shaq, I, I don't know how much you're spending. I don't know how much time you're spending in the paint. If you're playing against Elijah, I mean, I've seen Elijah go to school on Shaq and David Robinson and Patrick Ewing, like them them looking around, like trying to figure out where he is. And when you think about Tim Duncan, you know, banking it off the glass. And to me, it's like you're you're gonna if you're in the West during that time, you're falling behind all those guys. And if you're in the and if you're in the East, you know, you're you're facing like the Pistons. Or you're facing the Bulls. I, I, I just, I, I think they find ways to neutralize you. And yeah, you got yours, but it's kind of like a Dame Lillard situation. Like, yeah, man, you scored 30, 40 points, but you lost by 30. You lost by 20. Um, so that's the whole thing. And I like them. I'm not trying to, I'm not, I'm just, I'm just, me, I'm not sure. Well, I'm not, well also, nobody's going to throw the ferocity of Defender. Like, you mentioned, like, the Bulls. The Bulls had two of the greatest defensive players of all time at different times. They had Charles Oakley and they had Dennis Rodman. At any point, they could have thrown either one of those guys at Jokic, and that would have significantly put a, a, a damper on his yeah, defense. I think even about Oakley the- on the Oakley and Ewing on the Knicks would very well neutralize Jokic. Right, Anthony and- Mason. Anthony yeah. Mason. Oakley and Ewing. Right, but I also think about I think about the Detroit Pistons was like the oh probably the oh six or seven Pistons with Ben Wallace. Um, I think about like those Pacer teams with the Davis brothers, uh, you know Antonio Davis, Dale Davis. Those are big dudes. Like they're big, strong guys. Like who who on the there's nobody on the Heat that you can compare to any of those guys. There was nobody really on the Lakers, right? Other than Anthony Davis, the Brow, he's a good defender. He's good. He's not great. But, you know, he he struggled. And and there, there's there were there were just no answers for some of the things he was doing. Uh it's just it's just a question that I I I, I posed. Are you in need of air care maintenance or service? I have the company for you. Air Care Technicians. They service the Westchester and Northern Bronx area and can help you with all your heating and cooling maintenance and service needs. Just give them a call at 914-315-1547. Again, that's 914-315-1547. Or shoot them an email at aircaretechnicians at gmail.com. These guys are the real deal as they are veteran-owned, licensed, and insured. Make sure to tell them that DNZ sent you. And uh, one of the one of the other questions that you know seems to be posing 
the Celtics right now. We're, we're a week removed from the Celtics losing game seven at home against the Heat. But people are still talking about them for some reason. <laughs> the Celtics added veteran coach and former player Sam Cassell to the bench. It seems like they're going to give Joe Missoula another go. And, and the rest of the team is probably coming back too. They're trying to figure out how they can bring Tatum. Um, trying to figure out how they can bring Jalen Brown back. But Z, I, the question I have for you is, is you know, how does a team figure out if a loss is like the time when we need to shut this down? Kind of like what the Golden State Warriors did. Man, they lost. They're like, all right, man, Bob Myers, he's out. I don't think we're going to bring back Draymond. Clay, uh, we might trade him. I don't know how it's going to work. And then you look at the Celtics, like, okay, we lost. We haven't won a championship. But you know what? This was a team-building loss. This wasn't a loss that we need to start over. This was a loss of like, we needed this loss. This is going to fuel our season next year. How does a team figure out the difference between the two? Well, I think you have to first look at the cumulative age on your roster, right? Golden State shed a lot of its young talent. And it's relying heavily on guys like Steph, Clay, and Draymond, all of whom are in their early to mid 30s. Now, if you look at the Celtics, the core that they want to build around, right? Tatum and Brown. Tatum's 25. Brown is 26. If you want to extend that out to include Marcus Smart, Marcus Smart is 29. And then you're going to have the Williamses, 24 and 25 years old. If you feel that there's growth there, growth potential, and then you can fill around with veteran exceptions, mid-level exceptions, free agents, and, you know, just filler of the roster. Because Brogdon did not deliver what they'd hoped. Danilo Gallinari, eh. Blake Griffin, eh. 34-year-old Blake Griffin, right? Out The ageless Al Horford. These are the guys you're relying on. And I don't know necessarily if reshuffling or restructuring the deck chairs on the Titanic (laughs) is going to get a different result. We're just reorganizing things, right? We have Missoula is the captain, but we have a good XO in Sam Cassell, a highly respected XO in Sam Cassell, one who has multiple who's had multiple interviews as a head coach, right? For a head coaching position. Perhaps the guy who's going to take the job from Joe Missoula if there's a slow start. Um, now, I posed this to you, and I put it out on our Twitter account, at FadeRouteDNZ. If you were to decide to shop Jalen Brown, right? And you wanted to maintain that win-now mindset. Wouldn't you call up the Phoenix Suns? Because you have a disgruntled big man. You have a a mercurial point guard. Would you consider would you consider making that swap to get a better chance at running it back with this team? Would you try to 
make Brown the centerpiece of that trade to bring in Aiton and Chris Paul in order to solidify your position at the top of the conference. Because look at Milwaukee's roster. They can be had. It's Giannis and everybody else. Plus yeah. he's and Chris Miller. Oh, yeah, for sure, for sure. Look at Philly. It's Joel Embiid. And who the hell knows what the hell's going on there, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is James Harden staying? Is James Harden going? What, you know, are we, uh, you know, is he sold on Nick Nurse? Is he not sold on Nick you know? I'm hearing that he's torn between going back to Houston and staying with the 76ers. That's, that's where we are right now. But is he that much of a difference maker? Like, you know, um, I, I don't know. I, I don't think that he is. Mm-hmm. You know, I think that the younger players, right, the, the Maxis of the world, will play better when he's gone. Like they I love Maxi. I love Maxi. I think that he would be, he would benefit from the, you know, from him not being there. Mm-hmm. So I don't know necessarily if they'll be near the top. The Knicks, the Knicks, if they can maintain their core, they'll be in the top four. They can be in the top four. The Cavs, they maintain their core, they'll be there. And the rest of the conference is the rest of the conference, right? The, they'll teams bubble up all the time. Brooklyn, whatever. Charlotte, maybe, who knows? Charlotte's been knocking on the doors for years. So this might be the time. This might very well be the time for the Celtics to push their chips into the middle of the table and say, this is what's going to guarantee us a shot at the championship. So let's go do it. So if you're Brad Stevens, are you making that trade? Uh, You know how I feel about the rotting carcass of Chris Paul. (laughs) Um, But no, I do like the trade. I do. I do. I mean, they have to either get... They have to get Tatum either uh, a, a scoring point guard or a legit big man. That's what he needs. The only problem that you run into with getting a legit big man is you wonder, not a, not you wonder if you become the Pacers of like the early 2010s, where you have Paul George and Roy Hibbert, and you have George Hill and this this ensemble cast of good players and. You just never win. You never get to the finals. It's just a waste of time. Where I think if you got like a legit point guard, like a Dave Lillard, you know, now we got something here. You know, we you, you got to change. You got to change the dynamic. You know, too many times when you're switching off wing players, it's you know you could do that because you just got Jalen Brown and you got Jason Tatum, which are essentially the same. They're essentially playing the same position. They're the same players. You got to make mismatches. You got to make it more difficult for the team, the teams you're playing against. But Z, I mean, I've told, I've talked about this for two or three years now. I, I told, I think they should have tore this down years ago. And you know, to answer my own question, it's like I think you have to legitimately look at your team and and figure out when you peak, right? The only reason you would bring these guys back and try to run this back and just fine tune things, make a little couple of changes, is if you if you feel you haven't peaked yet. Because let me tell you something, Z. If they're trying to get to the NBA Finals and win a championship, the question becomes when you're doing the exit interviews, you know, when people are leaving for their break, 
what are you going to do to get better? Jason Tatum, what are you going to do to get, how do you get better? And I'm sure he's going to look like, gee, I don't know. And my answer would be, okay, well, you got to score in the fourth quarter. Like, we can't go into the fourth quarter with you having zero field goals with five minutes left. Like, that's, like, that, that to me is you peaking, is give me the ball in the fourth quarter. Like, that, that's the attitude. You got, you need that Mamba mentality. That's what you need, right? Jalen Brown comes in. How, how do I get better? Dude, you can't be turning over the football. I mean, you can't be turning over the basketball. And you got to play better defense. Like, where's your defense? You used to be the elite defender. Where's the defense? And these are all NBA players. I think Jalen Brown was, what, second team? Like, these are all NBA players. These are these are all NBA team players. It's like, dude, you cannot turn over the basketball. And you got to start playing defense. Like, what the fuck, man? So well, that's... In order that, to, to uh, facilitate this Dame Lillard trade, I'm just going to throw it out there and see what you think. Um... This is according to the NBA trade machine, of course. Now, you know, you know it's always going to be, it doesn't include picks and pick swaps and things of that nature, but just from the salaries. Dame Lillard to the Boston Celtics in exchange for Jalen Brown and Marcus Smart. Yeah, it's fine. Take him. We're not winning with him. We're not winning. We're not winning. You know, we don't have a, I don't have, this, the Boston Celtics do not have a New York Knicks or a New York Mets or New York Jets mentality. Like, there, we win. We want to win. It's not like, oh, we got close. Oh, we're almost there. No, no, no. If you lost, it was this, we lost, and that's it. And it's, we didn't get close. So I don't want to hear any of that nonsense. We didn't win. So what do we got to do to win? So it's yeah, like, yeah, but you know what? You walk around that room and say, how are we, how are you going to get better? What are you going to do better next year? And I don't, I don't think it's possible because I think this team peaked two years ago. <laughs> I just, well, here's, that's just me. They peaked two years ago and it's not going to get better here. And the, the other teams that you're playing against, the other teams around you are going, you would assume they're going to get better. Like I know Milwaukee's probably going to lose Middleton, but I would assume that they're going to get better. They're going to find a way to get better. That might be coaching, might be players. I don't know. The Knicks are getting better. The Cavs are getting better. The, I would assume the 76ers are going to get better. Like, you got to assume that your competition is getting better. The Hawks, the Hawks, the Hawks had a year where they, it was a wasted year because that team is way better than what they're, uh, what they produced, you know? Well, you know, you're talking about this mentality of the Boston Celtics. That may have been true under your boy, Doc Rivers. Oh, with that K- guy's With awful. KG and Paul Pierce and Ray Allen. That might have been true under Red Auerbach with Larry Bird, Robert Parrish, and Kevin McHale. That's not the case with these Boston Celtics. Z, it's not like that. It's a franchise thing. It's a, I'm telling you, it's a franchise thing. Like the, the, the Mets, the Jets, these guys, that's the way they think. If the Jets get to the AFC Championship game this year, they're going to say, man, we got the AFC Championship game. Next year, we're going to go to the Super Bowl. Foul. That's not a Celtics mentality. So I was like, man, we lost the we lost the AFC Championship game. We should be in the Super Bowl. We should have won the Super Bowl. How are we gonna get back to the Super Bowl? It's different. It it's it's a franchise mentality. It's not so much a team mentality there, you know. Uh, so I that you know that's what I think. I think that that's how you figure out if you need to rebuild or if you need to or if you need to move with the pieces you have. You have to look around the room and say, hey man, have we peaked? How do we get better from here? And if you can't answer that question, then it's time to move on. If that's the case, they would have gone for the jugular right by now. 
and they this team has not gone for the jugular. No, they brought. You're right. They have not. They have not established that. That's They're, why two years ago they should have blew it up. Should have blew it up. But no, they decided they're going to keep trying with this 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 team. They brought in Brogdon. They brought in, well, they they lost their coach. They had to bring in another guy. Now they're bringing in Sam Cassell. I'm sure there's going to add one or two other guys, and they're going to try to do this again. Um, Step outside of your safe area and make a statement without saying much with FCK Clout Lifestyle Apparel. Embrace the colorful chaos and stay emotionally regulated in their hoodies, snapbacks, graphic tees, accessories, and more. Season 3 merch is up now. Get it while you can. Go to fckclout.com and get all of your needs from men and women. That's fckclout.com. But, moving on. NFL OTAs have started. Yippee. <laughs> There's a lot of buzz coming out of Broncos camp. Russell Wilson feels being at OTAs with Sean Payton and the team is the best way to become the best version of himself. Z, do you see it the same way? Oh, Russ. Let's ride. Let's ride. <laughs> Broncos country, we try. 4-11 last year, 16.5% completion rating, 3,524 yards. 16 touchdowns, 11 picks. You know what makes Russell Wilson the best version of himself? When he turns around and he hands the fucking ball up. <laughs> that is what made the Seattle Seahawks go. Marshawn Lynch mm-hmm. and that defense mm-hmm. made the Seahawks go. Russell Wilson was there to not screw it up. And he didn't in the beginning. And then they started letting him cook. And then he started putting expired bologna in the food. (laughs) That's what Russell Wilson was doing. Ill-advised passes. Just his poor finishes to promising starts of seasons. And ultimately, he got out of Dodge after taking all the money. Took all the bloody money. He took all the money. How are we supposed to invest in the offensive line, Russ? You took all the money. You did that. Nobody put a gun to your head and said, hey, sign this. You wanted to get paid and you wanted to get protected. That's not how this works. Other guys get paid too, not just the quarterback. In order for Russell Wilson to revitalize his career in Denver, there is a certain person that he needs to become very acquainted with, and that is Javante Williams. Mm. That Coming is off going an to... injury, though. Yeah, so... <laughs> <laughs> it's not like, you know, he'll be fine. Running backs, they come back from ACLs all the time. He'll be fine. Now, what needs to happen is that needs to be the engine. And then... Judy, Sutton, Patrick, Marquez Callaway. They drafted Marvin Mims. They brought in Marvin Mims. Like, those guys can be the complementary pieces to go along 
with the run game and the defense. That needs to be the straw that stirs the drink. That needs to be the engine. Because Russell Wilson has proven time and time again that given a long period of him in control, him running the show, it inevitably turns south. Thankfully for him this year, he has an adult in the room. Unlike last year when he had the current uh, offensive coordinator of the Jets. He could bully Nathaniel Hackett. <laughs> He's not bullying Sean Payton. <laughs> this is what we're going to do. Uh, get the fuck out of my office. I believe that's how that conversation would go. Hey, coach, this is what I want to do. Well, you're going to turn around. You're going to walk right out is what you're going to do. Shut the door. Shut the door on the way out. Thank you very much. So... That is the revi—the key to the revitalization of Russ's career. Get out of your own way. I think we're going to find out a lot about Russell Wilson this year. And I don't think it's going to be good. Um, <clears throat> just, just being out there. I think you hit the nail on the head. I think we're going to find out. You know, Pete Carroll doesn't get rid of talent. You know, stinky Pete, sneaky Pete. He knows football. And to let Russ go, to trade Russ, I think he knew it was his defense. It was his running back. Yeah, Russ made good decisions, and he's athletic. He's a good player. But I think there's a need. there needs to be a lot of things going right with the team for Russell Wilson to have success. And I think, that, I think Denver has a ton of talent, but Sean Payton's a good football coach. So... If it's not working with Sean Payton and it didn't work with Hackett, guess what? And the thing with with Sean Payton is, and someone brought this to my attention earlier this week, he signed a pretty long deal in Denver. I think the plans go far beyond Mr. Wilson. I don't think if this team starts out bad that it's going to be Sean Payton's fault. And I believe they brought in Jared Stidham to mm-hmm. be backup. And if I recall, Jared Stidham's played for the Patriots. And he spent some time with uh, the Raiders. And I think he's a competent quarterback. So if things are not working out with Mr. Wilson, I think Sean won't have a problem going to Jared Stidham. No, definitely not. And then if if all goes south, right? If all goes against plan, they also have the immortal Ben DiNucci that they brought in. Cowboys legend. Well, Ben DiNucci is on the roster. Well, let's be yeah. Well, let's be real, Z. If it all goes bad and they lose and have a bad season, and you're gonna give Sean Payton a top five pick with a good quarterback class, hmm. that sounds pretty good to me. That would be very interesting because if you do look at the teams, right? The Chargers and Chiefs are the class of that division. I think that's undisputed. Um, Chargers and Chiefs? uh, I think the Chiefs are with two Super Bowl victories. Chargers had a bad... Keenan Allen played like dog shit last year. I'm just saying compared to the rest of the division. Let's not forget who their head coach is. Your favorite coach. Mm. (laughs) Fourth and goal. Let's go for it. Coach, we're on our own Let's 30. go four wides, 
Uh, let's uh, let's get Eckler in the game here. What are you what, doing? What are what it's is the this? first what, quarter? What's happening here? The, the card says we go for it. <laughs> Coach, cards upside down. <laughs> but you know, there's a clear pecking order in this division. Those two are at the top, and even then, the Chiefs are above. Now it's a race for third place. But let's be real here. Sean Payton signed on for a race for third place. This the year, this, um, this year and years moving forward, because Russell Wilson is there for the foreseeable future. Um, the Raiders, I don't, I don't know. I just don't know. The Raiders are the world's biggest question mark. And and have the Jimmy G thing. It's even. <laughs> It's it's even more of a question mark. So, coach, my foot hurts. Can I go to the nurse? <laughs> what was that? Don't worry about it. Just, here's our here's our new quarterback. Come here, Tom. But I don't know. It it seems to be a. a it, it just seems to be a, an insurmountable situation currently. They're just, they're not good enough. They're, they're just not good enough. And I don't know if they will be good enough with another, with a different system, a different coach. At some point, like you said, Pete Carroll realized, fuck, it's this guy. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. You know, Eventually, you know, you got to the point in Seattle where it's just like, yeah, no, it's it's him. It's we got we have to move on. And Denver may very well be in for a long season if Russ isn't, you know, if he's not the game manager that he used to be. So it remains to be seen what's going to happen. But the only thing keeping them out of last place is the dumpster fire that is the Las Vegas Raiders. And I think we need to seriously remember that when we're talking about the Denver Broncos and, you know, what their keys to success are. Avoid messy accidents. Get better stopping power with your brake pads. Callahan brake pads. You never know when you'll be driving in the road and there will be a truck tire that you need to avoid and save your family. Callahan Auto. We really care about what's under your hood. Fair or foul? Judging the more messed up moments of the week. boys and girls, we have a statement, and it's either fair or foul. Fair or foul, number one, Jacob deGrom will not pitch again in Major League Baseball. Z, I think it's fair to say that. I think it's very fair because this is his second Tommy John surgery. He is, I believe, 34 years old. He's going to be out the rest of this year probably almost all of next year and coming back as a 36 year old 
after two Tommy John surgeries. I, I, I don't see it. I don't see it. And I really don't get it with this guy. I mean, your Mets really dodged the bullet by not bringing him back. But the signs were there. The signs have been there for two years. Why the Rangers decided to give him all this money. And I saw his press conference with his was crying and feeling bad for his teammates. It's like, all right, dude. Like, it, to me, I find it hard to believe that Greg Maddox is the pitching coach down there. And he's like, yeah, DeGrom, pump it 98 miles per hour to every hitter you're facing. I just think it's a it's a it's an unwillingness to change and adapt to times. You know, to me, I remember hearing Verlander talk early in his career, and he's like, I, I, you know, I need to control my power. I need to control how how many pitches I'm throwing. I need to control how fast I'm throwing from from first inning all the way into the seventh inning, so that in the seventh inning I could rear back and throw 97 if I had to. But I could throw 92, 93, 94. It's about having command, control. And this guy, I don't know if he, I don't know if anybody, nobody tipped him to this or he didn't decide to do it, but his 180 pound frame was not built to throw as fast as he was um, to every batter he faced. So if you look at the career trajectory of Jacob DeGrom, he came up, he was not riding at 97 to 101. His best pitch was arguably his changeup, his curveball. And he would sit with like a 93 to 95 mile an hour fastball. That's nothing to sneeze at. And he was good. He was yeah, very good. He's that's very good. He but that's when at, when he was at his best. He had the changeup. He had the. He was a three-pitch pitcher. Then he found the hundred, and it all went. His body just broke down because he's not meant. He's not built to do that. Right. This year he's only thrown thirty and a third innings. Right. In his career, he's only thrown one thousand three hundred fifty-six and a third innings. In 10 years. That's it. That's all he's done in his in his career, right? Only of late has it really been an issue. Once he developed that extra life on his fastball, that's when it really started to go south for him. Now, like you said, Mike Maddox needs to get into his head, right? Hey, Ease off a little bit. You mentioned Justin Verlander. I don't even what think, is your, what, I don't even think it's Mike. Verlander? I'm pretty sure it's Greg. Pretty sure Greg is down there. Sure, it's Greg Maddox. But you mentioned Justin Verlander. What has Justin Verlander made his career on? Saving it for later. Yeah. He throws. He'll throw you 92 in the first, and he'll throw you 98 in the second. Not this year, but usually. He was good at pacing himself. Pumping 101 every single hitter and then having a 97 mile an hour slider that's not sustainable. Now, I think it's foul that he will never pitch in Major League Baseball again. Oh. I He'll make it back. The question is, what will he be when he's back? If you're going to be, right, if you're going to 
only pump 101, right? If that's your game plan, I'm going to throw as hard as I fucking can. If that's what I'm going to do, then I'm going to be a closer. Yeah. I'm going to be a lights out reliever. I'm going to be John Smoltz. Yeah. Okay. Okay. And if that's what I have to do to get back on the field, then that's what I have to do. Because if you look at the stats, right? The Texas Rangers don't need him. They are fourth in ERA, second in quality starts, Evald- second in Evaldi, Evaldi yeah. having a having a really good year. Nathan Evaldi, you know, he's pitching over his head a little bit. <laughs> he's, he's good to very good. This is elite level stuff. This is what Brian Cashman hoped for when they traded for Nathan Evaldi. But fifth in batting average against and the offense is just raking most runs highest batting average highest on base percentage second highest slugging the texas rangers you know the luxury that is jacob de wasn't really needed and you want to know what's funny you mentioned the mets dodged a bullet the mets double dodged a bullet because the texas rangers also signed kumar rocker Kumar Rocker, who was the Mets' number 10 draft pick last year, or two years ago, I should say, refused to sign them because of a a bad physical. He had Tommy John, too. So maybe, you know, the Mets weren't crazy. Maybe the Mets saw some things, and they actually were prudent for once, rather than trying to be splashy. So kudos to them. But uh, DeGrom will definitely make it back. It's just a question of what will he be when he gets there. Fair or foul, number two, Jamal Murray and the Joker are the best point guard center combination in NBA history. Yeah, no, no. Somebody was trying to allude to that earlier this week. No, 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 no. I actually have Karl Malone and John. St- I know Karl Malone was, was the center, but... I've Carl Malone and John Stockton, their use with the pick and roll was just like unreal. Um, but uh, no, I don't have them that good. They're pretty good. They're really good. They're not. They're not great like that. That's that's a little ridiculous. No, it's completely. You can even go with Magic and Kareem, right? That's <laughs> Fuck. that's the gold standard, right? That's the gold standard. And on the night that Kareem wasn't feeling it, I got this. That, man. I, I, I got this. I got this. Irvin, you sure? It's game yeah. seven. Yeah, I got it. It's all right. Yeah, it's no problem. I just won the. I just won the NCAA championship. I can do this. It's all right. Now, that's a great combination. Shaq and Penny. Shaq and Penny. Yeah. Although short-lived, Shaq and Penny was great. Yes, it was. Have you? If you haven't checked out this magic moment. The 30 for 30. I think my fiance and I were just uh, watching it. It's it's fantastic. So it, def- it definitely goes into in depth into that meteoric rise of the Orlando Magic on the on the backs of Shaq and Penny. And it, it was actually it's a very well done documentary. But it really just it put a smile on my face. It underscored you know the, our childhood. It was a good thing to see. But um, 
I mean, Stockton and Malone is good. I mean, Stockton, I mean, Malone wasn't, it was a power forward, but he definitely embodied that big man. So, I mean, Parker and Duncan, if you're going to include some fours in there, Parker and Duncan's a good combination. You have, um, I saw Kid and Dirk. Okay, like, Kid and Dirk is a fine choice. So, there are some, you're stretching it a little bit because you're not, you're going more of like the positionless aspect of it. But if we're talking true, defined positions of point guard and center, it's Magic and Kareem, and it's everybody else. Yeah. <laughs> and it's distant. It's not even close. <laughs> Fair or foul, number three, Aaron Hicks playing for the Baltimore. <laughs> this is hilarious, this guy. <laughs> I cannot wait. They play They play the Yankees like in a couple of weeks, too, and it looks like he's going to be like their starting outfielder when that happens. What the hell? I think <laughs> the hell is going on is right. Um, I guess it's fair. It's fair. He's he's all of a sudden he's a major league player again. But but this the same thing happened with Gallo. Remember Gallo went over to the Dodgers after being playing terrible for the Yankees. And he winded up doing a decent job there. And I think he was even playing well, I believe, in Minnesota until he got hurt early, you know, this year. So, yeah, it's fair. Go get him, Aaron. Go get get go get an Aaron Hicks jersey. Oh, my God. I mean, it's fair from the standpoint of look at the outfield depth on their team. Austin He's Hayes. 7 for 16 right now. He's just solid. Solid. Solid, solid. Maybe he just needs more ABs. You know? No, maybe, maybe. no, <laughs> no. Nobody wanted maybe, to see that shit. Maybe Boone. Maybe Boone just needed to keep running him out there. You know, just a matter of time. Catch lightning in the box. Just so everybody understands, my man is batting 400. He's slugging 733 with a a 1.233 OPS. Yes. And <laughs> all of that playing out of his mind. Still a 226 batting average, a 309 on base, 345 slug. He was that bad with the Yankees that this equatorially hot start, he can't even crack 230. So, you know, take it for what it's worth. It could very well be, and it, it most likely is, just a hot streak. He'll come back down to earth. But, I mean, it's fair from the standpoint of. Austin Hayes is your starting left fielder. Anthony Santander is your starting right fielder. And Ryan McKenna is your bench player. That's it. That's your outfield depth. Like maybe you'll put Ryan Mountcastle in the outfield. No. But uh, why would you? So, uh, you know, the Orioles don't have many options. And that's kind of why they had to, to go in this direction. They're waiting on Cedric Mullins to come back. Now that will definitely help matters once he returns because Aaron Hicks can go back to the bench. 
and Ryan McKenna can, you know, fill in. I like how you're sending him back to the bench. I mean, you're keeping him in Major League Baseball. It's so nice of you. Well, you know, I'm being generous. He is is getting off to a very hot start, so I I do want to reward him for that. Give the Orioles some time before they realize that he's not good. Now, you can't fault how Hicks has started off, but he'll come down to earth. It's just a matter of time. If you want to get on the action, we want to hear from you. Hit us up, faderoutemail at gmail.com. Slide in our DMs on IG at faderoutepodcast. Drop us a DM on Twitter at faderoutednz. Comment on our YouTube channel, The Fade Route with DNZ. Questions, comments, picks, segment suggestions, you name it, we want to hear from you. Get at us in crowd. The Fade Store presents the Alleged Superstar of the Week Award. Boys and girls, you know what time it is. It's time for the Alleged Superstar of the Week. Here's how it goes. We have a poll on our Twitter account, at FadeRouteDNZ. And you vote. And you vote. And you vote. And you vote. It's that simple. Do you know who took home the coveted ass trophy and is going to get the shout out on this here program, D? No. Well, last week's winner was none other, none other than the Boston Celtics. Solid. Solid job. But that was last week. This is this week. Who are your nominees for a legend superstar of the week? D. All right. First up, got your boy, Chris Paul. Oh, it's a beautiful day. <laughs> it appears a meeting is scheduled with management today about him likely being waived. Ha <laughs> ha. At the end of the month, if they can't find a suitable trade partner. Too bad, so sad. Adios, Chris Paul. You are my alleged superstar of the week. Number two, the PGA Tour. The Live Golf Tour has only been around for two years, and they've already forced a merger, leaving guys like Rory McIlroy to have to defend his position and look like a dope during a press conference. PGA Tour. You are my alleged superstar of the week. And last but not least, your old friend, your old mother Hubbard, Jacob deGrom. This Tommy John surgery will likely end your career, sir. And you will be out this season and most of the next season. Z has hopes you're going to come back as a closer. Could happen. Never was a fan of his, but he was dominant for 10 years with a 2.53 ERA and two Cy Young Awards. ERA leader, good player, but really crippled the Rangers and did a terrible job in his last season with the Mets. So you, Jacob deGrom, are my alleged superstar of the week. What do you got, Z? Great choices. You really can't argue with any of them. I'm going to start with Jay Monahan. You mentioned the PGA Tour. Jay Monahan runs the PGA Tour. 
Not only did he merge the PGA and live tours, he didn't consult the players. Yeesh. So ugly. You you mentioned that Rory has been carrying the water for PGA the whole time, right? And he has been very, very adamant about what the Live Golf Tour stands for and what the PGA Golf Tour Golf Tour stands for. And for you to not consult the players that are carrying the water for you <laughs> and just negotiating behind their backs. Bad look, Jay. The bad look. And to give that mealy mouth, mush mouth, excuse laden explanation as to why you did this, dude, just say it. It's about the money. It all points to the money. We would just prefer if you were honest. Jay Monahan, you are my alleged superstar of the week. Paris Saint-Germain, PSG. You not only fired your coach after winning the league championship, you won. Adios, coach. Adios, muchacho. Not only did you do that, but you are letting the greatest soccer player of this generation walk to the MLS. In a major coup, a major coup for the MLS. Lionel Messi's coming in. He's getting a piece of the Apple profits. He may be getting ownership in a partial ownership in the Inter Miami. He's getting paid. He's getting banked. And you know what PSG's getting? Ugats. That's what PSG's getting. <laughs> this is a huge coup. This is a huge day for soccer. It's a huge day for Lionel Messi. It's a huge day for the MLS. PSG, what do you have besides Kylian Mbappe? What do you have now? <clears throat> Holding the bag a little bit. PSG, you are my alleged superstar of the week. And last but not least, oh, one of our favorites, Adam Silver. You're withholding John Morant's suspension announcement so as not to upstage the NBA Finals. Gives guys like us plenty of time to speculate on how long that suspension's going to be. So good job, Adam. It was a non-story that you made a story. It's a non-issue that you made an issue. When you're ready to talk, make the announcement. Because now... The rumor mill's cooking, right? There's scuttlebutt. There's plenty of smoke. Probably the wrong thing to say with these California, with these uh, Canadian wildfires. There's plenty of smoke in the air. And when there's smoke, there's fire. Adam Silver, you are my alleged superstar of the week. I think we've said our piece. Go to our Twitter page at Fade Route DNZ and vote. And vote, and vote, and vote. And for our nominees. Just do better, boys. Just do better.
can't help but smile when you see a balloon. The simplest occasion is a party. Westchester Popstar is located in New Rochelle, New York, offers balloon styling and decor for all life's events. Birthdays, anniversaries, weddings, showers, school and corporate events, store openings, or just because. Westchester Popstars takes balloons and shapes them into works of art, creating decorative installations for your special occasions. No event is too big or too small, and their custom personalization service is top notch. Westchester Popstars is a private studio, quickly expanding. In-person consultation is by appointment only. Send an email to westchesterpopstars at gmail.com for more information or to schedule an appointment. No need to hire an event stylist. All you need is balloons. Currently servicing Westchester, Putnam, New York City, and Connecticut. To find Westchester Popstars, search for them on Instagram, Facebook, or Google. Order up! We continue on with our position-by-position position breakdown in Major League Baseball. It is time for us to order up. Order up, order up. We are now at the Keystone, second base. We are ordering up the top five second basemen in Major League Baseball from five to one. Who you got, D? All right. And number five, I'm starting with Glaber Torres. I don't think he's playing to his full potential with the Yankees, but I bought his rookie card. I have high hopes for him. I like him. I think he's a fine player. And number four, I got your boy, Jeff McNeil. Reigning NL batting champ. Just a tough baseball player. Heady baseball player. I like him. I like him. Number three is Lewis Arise, currently batting 400. Yep, that's right. He's batting 400. He's last year's AL batting champ, and he's just a beast. Number two, I'm going with the homie, Ozzy Albies. Again, another guy not having a great year, but he's a solid fielder, and he hits for power. Don't pitch him. Don't throw him low. He eats those low fastballs. And number one, I'd be surprised if you had somebody different, but I'm going with Jose Altuve, man. Uh, He's been hurt most of this year, uh, but the little guy packs a big punch. He gets it done. Two World Series titles, an MVP, three-time batting champ, six-time silver slugger. If I were starting a team, I'd want him to be my second baseman. What do you got, Z? Fuck that cheater. He's off the list. Fuck that cheater. (laughs) Enough said. So, <laughs> just saying. Just saying. Fuck that cheater. He's off the list. <laughs> so, Glaber, it's an inspired choice. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't have thought you would have gone. I, I like him. I've always liked him. Always liked okay. him. That, that is fine. That is fair. I'm going with number five. I'm going with Whit Merrifield. Toronto okay. Blue Jays. Yeah. Two hit Whit. Stellar defensive player. Versatile defensive player. And he's just a solid... He reminds me of Paul Mollick. He reminds me a lot of Paul Mollick. Just a solid, solid baseball player. And, you know, it's a, it's a good thing he got out of Kansas City. And now, well, in theory, he was on a better team. But this year, like, he is a bright spot on a not-so-great 
a not so great team, right? Alec Manoa just got optioned all the way back to A-ball. Things are not going well in Toronto currently, but Whit Merrifield is a bright spot. Number four, a former Blue Jay, Marcus Simeon, currently with the Rangers. 304, 950 ribbies, 372 on base, 504 slugging. Good. 25 game hit streak, I believe. Yeah, he's a solid, solid player, and he's finally, he's finally doing what the A's thought he would do when they called him up to the majors. So an, another A thriving elsewhere. Marcus Simeon, solid number four. Number three, Jeff McNeil, reigning National League batting champ. Solid defender, versatile defender. He logged innings at second, third, and the outfield. He is he is vastly improved defensively. Offensively, slipping a little bit this year. You know, you're looking at 278 batting average, but still a 355 on base, 347 slugging. Like he's not a power hitter. That's not why he's there. No, he's there. No, he's a contact hitter. Yeah, he's there to get on base. That that is his role. Recently, read so, he was a really good golfer. He's a scratch golfer. Yeah, like that is he is a fantastic golfer. He actually came back to baseball from golf. He played high school golf. Yeah, thought it was boring. And right, he said I'm going to go challenge myself and play baseball. That's right. So, Jeff true story. McNeil, true story, folks. Yeah, we read the, the same squirrel, The squirrel can play. The squirrel can play. Absolutely. Number two, I'm going Ozzy Albee. Wow. Just from the, the power standpoint. Yeah. Right? He and it's him and McNeil, very, very good, very comparable. It's a little bit of a down year, you already mentioned, but he does have 13 homers, right? He's got 306 on base, 485 slugging. Decent numbers, not where he should be, but. The power is still there, and he's just slick with the glove. He's complete. He's a complete player. Number one, how can you not go with Luis Arias right now? Yeah. The reigning American League batting champion, mm-hmm. and as of right now, the reigning National League batting champion, and he was traded mid-year, and he not only was traded, right? But he supplanted a pretty damn good second baseman in Jazz Chisholm. Jazz was pretty good. Now he's in center field. So, Arias is a very good player, you know, fantastic hitter, and he may very well be flirting with this for a while. They all eventually bottom out, right? Tony Gwynn and George Brett. It's just a matter of time. If the greats couldn't catch Ted Williams, I doubt that Luis Arias is going to do it. But he is probably the most complete hitter in the majors right now. This has been the Fade Route with DNZ. Thanks for tuning in tonight. Catch our podcast on Wednesday night on iTunes, iHeartRadio, Spotify, wherever you listen to your podcasts. So until next time, stay fade, everyone. It's time for us to run the go route, but we'll talk to you next week.
Thanks for listening to this episode of our podcast. If you like what you heard and want to hear more, be sure to like and subscribe on your favorite podcast platform. Rate us five stars. Leave us a review. Turn on subscription notifications and tell your friends. Spread the word. Spread it wide.